0: Hey everyone, welcome to episode 33 of the Ubuntu Security Podcast. I'm Alex Murray. This week we'll do our usual roundup of fixes for vulnerabilities in the supported Ubuntu releases. And we're also going to look at some uh, clarified documentation the team have put out around some of the latest speculative execution mitigations, particularly in the case of virtualization. And we're also going to have a look at what the security team's plans are for the 1910 EON-Ermine development cycle, as will be coming up uh, for later in the year. Okay, so let's get into it. This week, the team have addressed 43 unique CVEs across the supported Ubuntu releases. The first thing I want to look at is a bit of a follow-up to uh, last week's talk of the Intel speculative execution vulnerabilities, uh, which put out updated microcode and kernel and uh, QMU and libvirt and various other packages to support that. Late last week, we put up an updated version of the Intel microcode package. This was to address those same four CVEs, uh, and these are for all of the supported Ubuntu releases. That is, uh, trusty extended security maintenance, Xenial, Bionic, Cosmic, and Disco. Uh, So in this case, it's just an update uh, to Intel's sort of final version of that microcode, which adds support for the Cherry Trail and Bay Trail uh, CPU families as well to that. So they now have the support for, uh, I guess, doing the mitigations for that latest um, microarchitectural data sampling vulnerabilities. Next up, we have an update for LibRaw. Seven CVEs here addressed across Xenial, Bionic and Cosmic. Uh, multiple different issues they found here uh, a bunch of these were found around fuzzing the looks of things there was a couple of different null pointer dereferences a uh, heap based buffer overflow a stack based buffer overflow and three different cases of possible uh, infinite loop uh, for the cpu so denial of service there as well so they have all been addressed for libraw we've got an update for url lib3 this is the python library uh, three different CVEs here for uh, xenial bionic cosmic and disco So the first of these when it would go to validate the connection to a particular HTTPS endpoint you would be able to provide say a set of certificates to validate that against and the problem was that it would use those but it would also include the system installed certificates as well so it might potentially validate successfully even though you had not explicitly listed one of those certificates in your desired set. So that was fixed just to make sure it only included the set that had been specified and not the system installed ones as well in that case. There's also a fix here for a possible uh, CRLF. So that's kind of line feed ending uh, injection as well. And finally, a fix where it would uh, possibly expose HTTP authorization credentials across uh, different origin hosts. So basically, if you had authenticated to one host uh, with HTTP authorization, it would send the authorization header. But then, if you were redirected then to a different host, those same headers would still be sent. So the new host would potentially get your authorization credentials for the originating host. So that's now been fixed. Just to make sure that is default to off, so those headers are not sent anymore, and your credentials are not potentially compromised. There's been an update for Firefox. So 17 CVEs here fixed for Xenil, Bionic, Cosmic, and Disco. This, uh, as usual, is kind of the latest version of Firefox in this case, updated to version 67. This includes various fixes for different issues, things like the usual stuff we see for web browsers, like denial of service issues, uh, being able to spoof the browser UI, in this case, being able to trick uh, users into launching local executables, and even uh, cross site scripting and remote code execution sort of stuff. So, they've all been fixed. A couple others that stood out to me when reviewing this Uh, there was a fix uh, where it could potentially trick users into installing a malicious add-on by just disabling the normal UI prompt that would come for part of that so that was fixed and finally uh, there was a kind of trick where it might be able to expose your browser history uh, if you were to drag and drop particular crafted link onto a particular previously saved bookmark so that's been fixed as well. We've got an update for PHP 5 CVEs here fixed across precise extended security maintenance and trustee extended security maintenance. So back, uh, well, quite a while ago now, back in February 2018 and March 2018, we'd released a bunch of updates for PHP 5 in trustee that fixed multiple CVEs. So this update is kind of a corresponding one to uh, those updates. This basically fixes uh, a couple more CVEs plus uh, some of those old ones for precise extended security maintenance as well. Yeah, so an update for PHP 5 uh, for both of those releases. We've got an update for WebKit GTK. So three CVs here that were fixed for Bionic, Cosmic and Disco. Now WebKit GTK, this is the component that is uh, kind of used for a lot of different uh, web rendering in uh, GTK applications. So that includes things like the GNOME session or even the GNOME shell. So if you, you know connect to say a captive portal like a Wi-Fi, uh, sorry, a hotel Wi-Fi network, it might pop up a thing you know, asking you to log in before you can then actually get access to the wireless network and that is all rendered using this WebKit GTK component and so in this case I'll like say three different CVEs that were fixed here by updating to the latest release which was 2.24.2 but uh, we don't have any details on these because the WebKit GTK developers have not released any details of that uh, not even to MITRE or anyone else publicly yet so Yeah, uh, I guess we can only assume the worst, so let's assume these are denial of service, cross-site scripting, remote code execution, you know, you name it, it's probably there. So yeah, that's been fixed though for WebKit GTK. We've got an update for Curl. So two CVEs here. Uh, One of these was fixed across all our supported releases, which is Precise Extended Security Maintenance, Trusty Extended Security Maintenance, Xenial, Bionic, Cosmic, and Disco. In this case, it was an issue in TFTP uh, protocol handling, so this is often used say on a local network if you want to you know boot a device and give it a new say firmware image you might use tftp for this kind of thing things like like bootloaders like uboot and that kind of thing support it out of the box Uh, in this case the uh, buffer for handling incoming data uh, is of a fixed size but when the memory copy is done for that it's copied based on what the tftp server had sent and so you can easily overflow that buffer on the heap yeah, so uh, that's been fixed. And one other CVE here uh, for Curl that was fixed for Xenial, Bionic, Cosmic and Disco. So it didn't affect uh, the version of Curl in the older releases. Uh, but this was just an integer overflow that could occur on any 32-bit architecture when handling a very large URL. So if it was an application using the libcurl API, uh, in particular the curl URL curlurlset uh, API function... It could potentially overflow if you gave it a URL of length greater than two gigs. So, uh, you know, pretty crafted thing. But uh, yeah, that's been fixed as well. And finally, the last update we have uh, for the last week was two CVEs addressed in MariaDB for trusty extended security maintenance. So back in episode 30, I mentioned these as part of uh, a standard update for MariaDB for our standard support releases. In that case, we had eight different CVEs that were fixed. So two of those apply to uh, the older version of MariaDB that is in trusty extended security maintenance. And so they've now been fixed as well. And both of these were uh, the case where a privileged attacker could potentially crash the server. So they've been fixed as well. Okay, that takes us to the end of our usual roundup of fixes for the week. Looking at uh, what else has been going on in the community, given the recent uh, Intel speculative execution microarchitectural data sampling attacks that we talked about last week, uh, we've been going through and updating some of our uh, knowledge-based documents. In particular, uh, we updated the one that was talking about uh, virtualization. So uh, we have a link through uh, back the old uh, Spectre and Meltdown vulnerability. We have a tech fact around that. So essentially frequently asked questions of a technical nature and uh, we added some more documentation there around uh, virtualization so for a lot of these different vulnerabilities you know if you are just a standard user you know you you get updated microcode you get an updated kernel and you know these things are generally fixed as a result but if you are doing virtualization uh, you then also need the same fixes for your guest uh, machine as well and so usually this is a matter of getting an updated kernel so it can you know act appropriately but you also generally need the same kind of the features that you get from the updated microcode. And the way that this works in a virtualized uh, CPU is that say, QMU uh, it will emulate various features of the host CPU to the guest. And it used to have kind of predefined, or it still does have predefined CPU models that uh, would enumerate these different features. However, for a lot of the more recent uh, speculative execution fixes, those features aren't added to these predefined models and so it might mean that you need to go and manually turn on those features in particular things like uh, md clear which was added for the uh, mds attacks Uh, so yeah you need to do that manually the other option you can do though instead of say you know manually enabling features is you could turn on uh, essentially pass through of the host cpu features to the guest this is the recommended approach when you're not going to be migrating guests across different hosts you're going to have a guest on a given host and you're not going to move it around then you know that the host cpu features aren't going to change and so that works quite well the problem is if you then go to migrate that to a different host uh, it may not have the same features and so that guest then will fail to operate on that new host if you are using host pass through so that then means instead you need to use manually selected features for your uh, emulated cpus Uh, there are a couple different ways you do this depending on if you're actually using qmu or if you're using libvirt to configure your guests and uh, they're documented on on that wiki page. Yeah, but basically what you need to do then is you need to kind of uh, look at your data center as a whole, look at the subset of uh, CPU features that are supported across all the different uh, host CPUs and make sure that your guest CPUs are configured to have that same subset that you wanna use to enable the different mitigations. Okay also uh, so a couple weeks ago the team uh, participated in the standard kind of roadmap uh, cycle meeting in this case for the next development cycle that was held uh, as I said a couple weeks ago in Lyon and uh, each team uh, that works on Ubuntu would you know present the progress that they had made for the uh, 1904 cycle the disco cycle as well as their plans for the 1910 or EON cycle. And so I thought I'd give a bit of a summary of what the security team then has planned for the new upcoming uh, 19.10 Eon Ermine development cycle. So uh, part of what we've talked about in previous episodes uh, is we do things like code reviews and obviously we are doing reactive package updates as different vulnerabilities come in and we want to start to try to automate some of that process uh, as much as we can. In particular for things like code reviews, we get asked to to review a number of different packages and we want to be able to prioritize those. Or maybe be able to know, you know, this one's a a small package or this is a large package or this has already a number of different issues or not. And so we want to do some automated triage of that. So that will be uh, implemented during this cycle. As well as we want to try to see what parts of our reactive uh, package updates that we can do uh, automated as well. Because at the moment that's a relatively manual process too. The next thing we want to look at is to review and incorporate some of the kernel self-protection project uh, recommendations from upstream as to how we can further harden our kernel configuration and enable the different attack class uh, mitigations that they've got there. Uh, The other thing we're looking at is reviewing some of our GCC hardening that we're doing. In particular, uh, we're looking to enable uh, the stack clash protection and the control flow integrity protection that GCC has built into it during uh, this cycle. Also looking at different enhancements for snapd, so in particular things around uh, daemon users, so at the moment, SnapD, you know, if you have a daemon in your snap, it runs as root, uh, but it's confined. But we wanna now be able to allow Snap to at least use the daemon user as well for their daemon uh, applications. We then also wanna look at uh, helping to add support for OpenGL to snaps and uh, audio migration. So at the moment, a uh, snap, when it requests, uh, say access to the audio interface, it gets both playback and record, but we wanna make sure that we can separate that out into separate playback and record uh, kind of attributes so that you can, say, give a snap only audio playback and it can't record audio at the same time. And finally, we've got some features planned for AppArmor as well. So we're looking at adding prompting uh, as a, a feature to AppArmor so that you know, if something is potentially denied, that can then show up in some kind of UI. We're also looking at adding more groundwork for fine-grained network mediation as well. So yeah, expect uh, some or all of that, hopefully, during the 1910 development cycle and I hope to at some point have another follow-up to this episode where we kind of go back and look at some of that and kind of see how we did okay so the team is still hiring we have got two open positions we have an open position for a robotic security engineer and an open position for a security certifications engineer and I've got links to both of those uh, job details and applications in the show notes and I urge you to check them out and to apply so that takes us to the end of this week's episode. As usual, if you'd like to contact the team, you can reach us at security at ubuntu.com or you can find the team hanging out in the Ubuntu Harden channel on the Freenode IRC network or if you want to catch us on Twitter, you can find us at ubuntu underscore sec. So uh, as usual, thanks for listening, everybody. And remember, keep calm, enable automated upgrades and I will speak to you again soon. Bye.